0: Today, personally speaking, our guest is the great actor Steve Guttenberg, an older dear friend, talking about the faith, the values that have mattered to him most in his life. Stay with us. welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Santi, and actor Steve Gutenberg joins me now. Steve was born in Brooklyn, New York, and eventually moved to Massapequa on Long Island. One of his first major roles was when he was 20 years old for the film The Boys from Brazil, where he co-starred with Gregory Peck and Laurence Olivier. Steve is best known for his leading roles in the Hollywood hits of the 1980s and 90s, like Police Academy and three of its sequels, Cocoon, Short Circuit, and Three Men and a Baby with Tom Selleck and Ted Danson. Steve recently appeared in the new film Roe vs. Wade, co-written and co-directed by Nick Loeb, featuring John Voight and Robert Davi. Steve has been married to Emily Smith since January of 2019. He's here with us today to talk about his life, his career, his family, and the values that matter the most to him. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome back to Personally Speaking, the great actor and wonderful friend, Steve Guttenberg. Let me ask you because since I last interviewed you, Steve. Well, first of all, for our viewers around the country, you know, I read the Bible regularly, but some days when I'm not up for something serious, I take out my other Bible, the Gutenberg Bible.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steve, tell uh, me about. Jim. I
0: know this book came out years ago, but how come?
1: Um, you know, it was. Uh, I thought it was a good story. Yeah. Um, about a um, a guy who starts from zero. And uh, was able to climb to top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a funny story. Um, And if somebody could get some inspiration from it, uh, all the better. Yeah, I I
2: totally agree. And and,
1: and I wanted to tell my story um, because it was a unique story about um, closed doors Mm -hmm. and how they appear to be locked how they appear to be 20 feet tall, so uh, heavy that you can't move them. But the power of belief, the power of faith, yep. uh, is is and love is so extraordinary that it makes a blind man see.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. You know, there's a, a place down the block from here, a Pizzeria, where uh, uh, Paul Santoli works, And uh, he tells me last year, I'm leaving Massapequa to go to Los Angeles because I want to make movies. And he's out there now. But I said, you know, there is a precedent for that. A kid from Massapequa who had the chutzpah to go out west and make an amazing career for himself. So uh, I was telling about your story because you give people hope and inspiration in so many ways. And Gutenberg Bible does that as well. Since we last had you on a program, Steve, uh, you've done something remarkable, which is to say you've gotten married. And I'm always amazed that anybody can have the courage to get married because you're betting on a future that you don't know. So what I do in my church when I'm marrying people, I ask them to write me uh, you know, an essay on why of all the people they could marry. Why is this the one? And you probably may remember that because I married both your sisters. But I mentioned that because if you had to write uh, about what are the primary reasons you took the risk of marrying Emily, what has she got that you thought, I want this in my life permanently?
1: She is a calm person who is nonplussed. Um, she's impressed, but she is extremely level-headed, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's what attracted me to her. We, when we met, it wasn't fireworks. It wasn't a ten. It was a three or a four, and it grew. And I thought that was very healthy. Um, and I think timing-wise, it was right for me. I hadn't been married in a long time. I was looking for a future, and I could have easily stayed a bachelor. And something in me said, try for something that's double a bachelor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, getting married later in life is much different than when you're younger. You know, I think God gives you, I think God gives you very, a few interesting gifts. One is, I think ignorance is a gift. Naivete <laughs> is a gift. So when you're 20 years old, a lot of people get married young. And it's a good thing to get married young. Um, You're able to build a relationship with somebody when you're 30 years later, you're together, you're able to have children young. um, And by the time you're 50, they're grown um, and you can still have a terrific life. I wasn't as lucky um, and uh, it was uh, it was my first marriage. Did you marry me and my first wife?
0: No, you had my friend Rabbi Nathaniel Schwartz do that.
1: Mr. Rabbi Schwartz did it.
0: Yeah, and I, I always be- I, I, because your yeah. sisters married two Catholic guys. I got to be there for them, but I didn't have that first one, so I can't take credit for the first marriage for you. No, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> you
1: can't. Or oh, the blame. Um, but but um, my my second marriage. Is, um, is more thoughtful, and mm. it's different. You know, when you get married later on in life, you you know, you've already got a lot of circles on the tree trunk that that person hasn't been part of. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's challenging, and it's a different type of marriage. But um, I would say that not only the qualities that Emily had it was the qualities of the time and, and the time for her. Right. So it's a little bit of a business merger when you're marrying later on in life, you know, right. you're, you're, you're bringing together what you both have done, but now, I, I loved her and I think that I wanted to make her happy. Right. And that is a, is a great reason to get married.
0: Now, while Steve and Emily don't have right now their own children, nonetheless, uh, Steve is sharing a title that I enjoy. He is a super uncle. Now, tell me about being a super oh. uncle. How often do you get to see the rest of the family?
1: Well, you know, as often as we can, because we, we live out in Arizona now. Okay. We, and we, we still have a home in Los Angeles. So we spend three weeks in Arizona. And then we drive once a w- once a month to Los Angeles and spend a week there at okay. our home there. Um, and my nephew, Danny lives out in Los Angeles and he's Judy's son. Okay. And I can see him um, whenever we're out. So I see him once a month. Um, my, my other nieces, uh, one, one niece lives, it just graduated with her doctorate in physical therapy. Okay uh from uh, Creighton University in Omaha. So she just graduated. She's living now with my my mom and dad, my sister Susan, okay. my sister my brother-in-law Bob and right. my niece Carly have moved in. So right. everybody takes care of mom and dad. And the reason that we moved out from mm-hmm. Los Angeles to Phoenix is to be closer to the family. Yeah. Um and uh you know I'm pretty introspective, as you know me. Yeah, You know me for 30 years or yeah, more, 35 right. years. And um, I'm always trying to figure out what's the meaning of this whole thing.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, I've always been a very family-oriented guy, even though I don't have my own kids. Mm-hmm. So we all, as you know, we were living in New York. My brother-in-law, Bob, got a great job in Scottsdale, Arizona. So Susan and Bob, five years ago, moved to Scottsdale, Arizona. My parents, as you know, lived across the street. And my sister said, why don't we build a bigger house and you and mom can live with us? It was a hard decision for them, but they decided to do it. Mm-hmm. They moved out there and I was living in New York City and and with Emily and Three years ago, we decided I wanted to be nearer them because I was I was flying out for a month at a time, living in New York a month, living in Arizona for a month. And um, then we decided to move to California, which was not Arizona, but it's close. We lived there for a year and I uh, two. uh, No, I'm sorry. Two and a half years. And then. um, Only seven weeks ago, I decided to get an apartment here in Phoenix. Because I want to see my mom and dad every day. So Emily and I, Emily was lovely enough to be flexible enough to move here to Phoenix. So I get to see now my niece every day because I go to see my mom and dad every day. No matter what, I see them every day. And um, my other niece, Jenny, and my other nephew, Jack. Jack is going to graduate Temple University. Mm -hmm um and my niece Jenny is a vice president at 27 no sorry at 25 of Citibank a junior vice president so she, i don't see them as i haven't seen them in they've come out here actually for thanksgiving but i haven't been back east since before the pandemic okay so i i, I see them as you know we that's how much we see each other but um
0: see that that love you have for your parents which I love about you. Um, Obviously, you feel that in raising you and Susan and Judy, that they did a remarkable job. But tell me, when you look back at your parents, what what did they do right?
1: They gave me attention. Okay. (laughs) They gave me attention. I I was the number one thing in their life. My dad is not a golfer. My dad does not go out with the boys after work. My dad does not have any hobbies. Mm-hmm. My dad loved, loved to mow the lawn, take care of the yard. My dad fixed the house, cleaned the gutters, fixed the attic, fixed the heating system. My dad was always around. Mm-hmm. My dad got off from work at five 30 and he would lit, worked in Syosset. We were in Massapequa. He would go get right off of work. All the boys would go out for a drink he would get on the Oyster Bay Expressway going south and get off at Boundary Avenue, go to Baldwin Drive and make his way to Wyoming Avenue. And he would be home at six o'clock. And my mom um, was home till I was 12 years old all the time. Then she took a job on Hempstead Turnpike uh, at a podiatrist's office. So she would come home about 5.30 and start dinner. And I would watch my sister's. but every night my mom and dad were home and every night we ate at their kitchen table. And I personally, for me and my sisters, not for anyone else, it was a very powerful experience to see my parents every night. I know a lot of kids who parents were golfers, country club, people Mm -hmm. um, travelers. um, And it was a different relationship. Um, so, I think that's what makes us so close. You know, my dad one time didn't take a vacation for 16 years. <laughs> he took the money instead of taking a two week vacation to help take care of us kids and my mom. Or um, well, everybody on my block would go away, whether it's to Lake George or on some sort of vacation. And they would give me the job of feeding their dogs and you know, watering their plants and um, I would, and I, we were home all the time. Yeah. So why were we that close? I think because my parents were home all the time.
0: You know, what's great about you, Steve is lots of parents, I think, do make sacrifices for their kids, but I'm not always sure that the kids appreciate them. The great thing about you is that you've always had a sense of, I know where I come from. I know who these people are. I know what they've given me. You don't forget, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, you know, oh. part of the upbringing, I wanted to ask you about, too, is I'd never asked you this before, but obviously raised Jewish. But
1: were you bar mitzvahed? Yes, so I was bar mitzvahed at Hillel. It's a temple that was it's closed now. It's across from the mid it's across it's from the Cherrywood Shopping Center. OK. On Hicksville Road mm-hmm. across mid there's a house. And I think it's a I think it's a podiatry center. <laughs> okay. it's, it was a, it was a three bedroom house and the three bedrooms were used as classrooms okay. and the living room and the dining room uh were the sanctuary and uh rabbi kapner was my teacher and my rabbi and i was a uh, bar mitzvah there uh 58 so 68 uh, 71 okay and um um and i got a very good experience i had a very good experience with with, uh, judaism and uh i still am religious and still am very observant yeah um and at the same time you know i i always talk about you jim you know i have some religious heroes um you are one of them um rabbi kapner is one of them and joel osteen is one of them
2: yeah
1: and um And of course, you know, the, the, the men from the Bible, whether it's, you know, Moses or Jesus and, you know, um, or David, you know, Um, so uh, I I always had a strong, um, I'm also quite spiritual, even on my own without religion, I know that I'm not alone Mm -hmm. in this world. And I know that. You know, I know the enemy is around yeah. and I know that God is around. Yeah. And so many times in my life, I think that God has has made the ball miss me, has made me go right instead of left and right was the right way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think so many times God has, teached, has taught me lessons when I've gone into a dark place gone as i call it too far from the boat Mm -hmm. i think god said go back to the boat and although i have been far away from the boat at times not so far that i have lost who i am now i'm in a very dangerous business show business is very dangerous it's full of temptation of ambition Um, unbridled ambition you know there's a great line from Hunter S. Thompson he says show business is a plastic hallway lined with pimps and thieves where good men die like dogs there's also a negative part Mm. and the fact is that it's a very rough business with sociopaths, psychopaths, narcissists, and that's for the most part. Now there is that minority of of great artists, good-hearted people, thoughtful people, but they're in a minority in that business. And I'm proud of the business and what it's done for me, but like no other business, maybe finance, high finance, it can take you places where you should not let you go. As James Taylor would say, you know, where, where I find myself to go where I should not let me go. I forgot what song it. Is. maybe it's you know, you know, In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. You know, he talks about going places you should not let you go. And in show business, I've been to those places. But luckily, I've looked around and said, I better get out of here. One time, I was working for Robert Evans, Mm -hmm. who's a very famous producer. You know who he is? Yeah. And he invited me to a party. And some of the people are still alive, so I won't say who they were. But it was a very, very dark and temptationful party. And I was walking around, and I walked into some rooms and saw things I probably shouldn't see, actually shouldn't see. A few big movie stars looked at me and went, they were so angry that I saw what I shouldn't see. Mm. And, Robert, and, they were, and Robert Evans brought snow in. It was one of those kind of parties, you know. And Mr. Evans and Bob came over to me one time, and he said, Stephen, it's time for you to go. And I said, what are you talking about? It's 1130. The party just started. He goes, no, no, no. You are far too young for what's Mm -hmm. going to happen tonight. Wow. And he walked me down the driveway where I parked my Toyota Corolla because I didn't (laughs) want to pay for ballet. (laughs) I didn't want to give a tip. I didn't have money for a tip. (laughs) And I got in my car and I went home, and I thought, man, I would have loved to see what that is. But,
0: you know, the
1: power above
0: took good care of you. Steve Gurtenberg is our guest. Steve, everyone who interviews you says the same thing Oh, he's the nicest guy in the business. Um, Do you have moments when being nice is a challenge? And if you do, how do you get back on the horse?
1: I'm not the nicest guy in the world. I am not. (laughs) You know, Cross me, and I'm not a nice guy. <laughs> um, you know, I'm from I'm from Plain Edge, Massapequa. <laughs> you know, we're uh, South Shore guys. <laughs> you know, South Shore guys are lovely guys, but
0: but don't cross them.
1: <laughs> don't take, don't don't reach and get a guy's wallet, or you know. Um, and uh, I uh, I have a temper. Um I um I uh I um I have thought processes which I'm wondering is that guy is that guy going to harm me or bother me? Um you know, you're on the subway, you try to be as nice as you can, but you have to realize a great one my grandmother told me, my dad always says is give sugar to the sweet. But those who aren't sweet, you know, they're gonna. Marianne Williamson had a great line. They're gonna learn, not today and not from you, but they are gonna learn, but not today and not from you. So they're gonna learn. You might be the middle rung of the ladder. So when they get to the top, they're gonna be nice people. But in the middle of the ladder, when they have to climb on your head, and you're telling them how to be a nice person, they're not going (laughs) to learn. So you have to have skin of steel. Now I'm getting much better every day at understanding that everybody's fighting a battle. Mm -hmm. So the guy who cuts ahead of me, maybe when I was younger, I'd say, Hey buddy, get, get away. Mm -hmm. But I realized one person in front of me online isn't going to change the amount of time that I'm going to be online that much. Um, Somebody who wrongs me or does the wrong thing. It's, you know, a guy called it the educator years ago. Um, Actually it was a famous comedian and he was talking, you have a thought and before it comes out your mouth, it goes through the filter, the educator. So when you think, I want to lose my temper, it goes to the educator. Whoa, 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 Steven, relax. There's no reason to lose your temper. Maybe this person had a bad day. So the guy takes my parking spot, and I've been looking for this parking spot for 20 minutes. (laughs) Now, instead of yelling, hey, buddy, boy, you know, we got a problem. I'll say to him the problem. Hey, buddy, boy, we got a problem. And it'll come at us. Excuse me, sir. I was waiting for that parking spot. (laughs) And he might say, well, you're not getting it. So I know that no amount of arguing is going to get me that spot. He parked it. He's parked his car. He turned his car off. So. okay, okay. So for the most part, I believe Be really nice to people. And it feels good to Here's the thing, too. I want to like myself. This experience I'm having right now is a great experience. I'm going to bring that to my next experience. So I'm having a wonderful experience seeing my old pal Jim and, you know, my senior. And I'm loving seeing you. So I'm going to walk out. And I'm going to bring that with me. So if I have an experience where I lose my temper with somebody or I do the wrong thing that I'm not proud of, I got to think of the future. Go, will you be proud of that action? Mm -hmm. So I say to myself to be proud of my action, I want to handle things really well. So seven out of 10, I handle really well. Okay. And that's, I think being a nice guy and everyone says, Oh, you're a really nice guy, but there's a plenty of people who say, He's not so nice,
2: you know, especially,
1: you know, in business and things like that. I'm pretty firm, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I want to thank Steve Gutenberg for being with us. You know, uh, he, he's from the Massapequa area, as I mentioned. Now, as he was talking about that car parking experience, I was thinking there's another guy from Massapequa who had someone take his space recently in New York city and he didn't take it as well as you. Wow. <laughs> you're clearly He's... not a Baldwin. That's for sure. You are a Gutenberg and I'm happy. You are Steve. I'm so grateful. Every time you're willing to share the process of life, the experience you're you put into being the person you are, you never suggest that you've come to a point where you've arrived and it's all settled. You're always growing, evolving, learning, and there's a beautiful heart in the middle of all that. And I thank you for sharing your heart with us. My love to your family and, uh, when you're next on Long Island, lunch is on me.
1: You know, Jim, I, I, we're going to come in. And when we do come in, I can't wait to see you. And, and you know, I um, I apologize for not being in touch. And, you know, you're one of the friends in my life that will be forever. And, you know, you've always given me gentle reminders and gentle direction in life. And, you know. Uh, that's what a, a friend does, and you, you've been such a good friend to the family and to me, and I admire you, you and will always love you and care about you in anything you want, anything I can do for you, with you, Thank that's you, just Steve. forever, Jim.
2: Give that's your forever.
0: family give your family my love. Hatzlaha, Braha, and Mazel. I want them to have it all. Thank you, my Thanks friend. you so much,
1: Jim. I love you.
0: As we end today's program, I want to thank all of you for being with us. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can reach me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com You can also go to past episodes by going to YouTube and punching in Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Moussanti. And don't forget to click like and subscribe. Also, Personally Speaking is available as a podcast on personallyspeakingpodcast.buzzsprout.com or www.closeencountertv.com or www.ollmp.org I'd like to thank all of you who are out there supporting our program Personally Speaking is also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jomsanti Please share and let others know about Personally Speaking Personally Speaking is made possible by the generosity of many I hope you'll be one of the people supporting our program I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer of Personally Speaking Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz Thanks so much for joining us We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.